Hey everybody, today on the podcast we have a special podcast for you, and uh, we're going to get to that in just a minute, but it's uh, me and Rosie in the studio. What's up, Rosie? Hey, what's up, man? You having a good weekend? I did have a good weekend so far. Awesome. Yeah. I love... Drink a lot of Coke Zero. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good weekend. Played a lot of Battlefield. Yeah, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. Did you you do any of the... uh... Yes! I've been smoking the green, the ganja (laughs) herb. Smoke the green ganja herb. The Lord put it in the earth. <laughs> no. None of that. <laughs> no, I don't do that. That was a past life. Okay. That's good. Yeah, me too. Past yeah. life for me too. No, I do not. Smoking that sticky, sticky green stuff. <laughs> no, that's not me. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I said last time that uh, I want those to be in every podcast somehow. We work them in. <laughs> We're going to work them in somehow. Uh, yeah, so hey, did you know... Oh, uh, that there is this thing called the League of Extraordinary Communities. It's these municipalities, these three uh, municipalities, Bland, Australia, (laughs) Boring, Oregon, (laughs) and Dull, Scotland. So they teamed up uh, to create what they call the League of Extraordinary Communities. <laughs> Extraordinarily boring, yeah. dull, and uh, bland. It's a, oh. It could have been dubbed the tr- uh, Trinity of Tedium. <laughs> so it's trying to like joke about their uh, their their names of their boring things. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Hey, uh, also it's week six. Oh, it is oh, pregnancy. I, I right. realized you almost forgot about it because I almost did too. Yeah. So week six, the baby is the size of a sweet pea. <laughs> it is between uh, 0.2 and 0.25 inches long. Wow. Yeah. Uh, your little, it says your your baby's face is taking shape this week. Hmm. The cheek, the chin, and the jaws are beginning to form. The baby's heart has started to beat sometime between week five and six right now. Um, so you can might be able to tell it on an ultrasound, the heartbeat. Yeah, the heartbeat bill, baby. Yep, and uh, it starts. It kind of looks like a little tadpole with a little tail. <laughs> um, and it is that, you know, that uh, tadpole-like. Yeah, uh, it's like an alien almost. Looking. Yeah, it looks kind of like an alien. And it says it forms the uh, fetal position, the... Yeah. So that's where the name we, comes from. We get the fetal. six. Yeah. Dude. So there you go. Our yeah. baby is still alive. It's going to have high cheekbones, strong features. It's going to be a beautiful baby. It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> because our listeners are beautiful. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, before we jump into today's podcast, um, okay. uh, I just wanted to say, hey, if you could do us a favor, listener, we don't like to do this often, but just as a reminder, if you could just subscribe and if you could please rate and leave a uh, leave a comment for us on, especially on the iTunes, uh, it helps us with the algorithm to push this podcast into the public's uh, sphere, so that we're known. Uh, we, the best way for us to get known is for you to share with your mom and your brothers and your sisters and your aunts and uncles and everybody. I think it's important to say that we only do this by word of mouth. Right we, from the start, we both said we don't want to do any pay for any marketing you don't want to do any of that stuff just let god put us in the ears of people that's right and so we're asking you to help us out help us out yeah (laughs) Uh, i i do have a credit on instagram for our instagram for an ad for 30 dollars. i could i could put an ad but i probably won't do that well so there you go anyways anyways so uh guess what 
You know what that means. I do know what that means. This is like the best remix. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'm so white. I'm doing the... I'm biting my bottom lip. <laughs> we have a special guest today on the podcast. It's a really awesome one. Calling it. I'm going to let that play in the background. Okay. I think that's that's probably a good balance right there. Uh, we have a special guest. He's he's somebody that came through you, and uh, I think he's uh, it's this has been one of my favorites to record. It was really a lot of fun. Uh, this guy is just incredible, and um, I'm not even going to tell you. Well, you go forward. You listen. Well, obviously they already know because the name's on the title. <laughs> it's on the t- duh. Yeah, John Miller. But anyways, so. I guess is there you go. Should I say sit back? There you go. Sit back, uh, grab a coffee, and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War podcast. Well, Warriors, we have an excellent guest on the show today. I'm so excited to have this one on, Rosie. This is all you, brother, because you are uh, a personal friend with with our next guest. He is an amazing guy. He is the White House correspondent for Blaze TV. You can listen to him daily on Blaze TV app or on Blaze TV as the host of the White House Brief. And you can find him on Twitter at MillerStream, our guest, John Miller. John, how are you, man? How's it going, guys? Great to be here with you. Dude, thank you so much for taking time to be with us on this Memorial Day holiday. We really appreciate it, man. Yeah, absolutely. You got it. I, uh, I'm i black, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, so I did an interview. Apparently, I don't sound black. So I did an interview with Glenn Beck once, and I was just going off on Black History Month, and I was saying it is a stupid holiday and it needs to be abolished. And then right off the bat, Glenn was silent for like a second. He was like, guys, he's black, by the way. I just want to, just want to let you guys know that. <laughs> so now at the beginning of every interview, if it's not on camera, I just say I'm black, and that just clears every, everything up. Yeah, I was actually thinking about saying uh, we actually have a uh... – a, a notori- black White House correspondent? Well, I was going to say notorious <laughs> white uh, white supremacist, according to Twitter <laughs> comments and stuff. Uh, the yeah, black I wish we say that on camera, they get the joke, but when it's an audio-only podcast, they don't uh, right, right, yeah. quite fly. <laughs> we'll try and promote your picture in our Instagram and stuff so people can get an idea. Go. So they can remember. <laughs> well, now that we got the awkward part out of the way, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, How did you get to where you are today uh, with Blaze and kind of a little bit of how that all kind of came to develop. And did you... It's a oh, go ahead. Great question. And I don't know is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, uh, sure. I, I started in a... You know, how far back should I go? I'll go back to my first job, which was actually with Glenn Beck, which I just talked about. Um, but that was my very first job out of college. I went to school in New York, in New York at Columbia, which is, you know, ragingly liberal. Um, yep. I, mean, I had like Marxist professors. I had ex- Islamic extremist professors. Rashid Khalidi taught at Columbia. Wow. So it right. was, you know, that. So my, my dad said to me when I was going to college, he was like, son, either you are going to be a, you're going to become a liberal like the rest of them, or you're going to become a raging conservative. <laughs> um, and the minute I heard my radical Islamic extremist professor talk, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I, that was the match for me. So, um, right around that time, I started to, looking for internships and Glenn Beck was offering an internship. So I interviewed for that inter- internship. I got the internship. Uh, I worked for him. He offered me a job straight out of college. 
Hmm. So worked for him for a bit, then went to Fox News, produced there for a little bit, and then ended up as a producer at CRTV, which is now merged with The Blaze. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, they were like, oh, we need a Washington White House correspondent. Are you interested? I'm like, I've never been on camera. Um, I'd never done any on-camera work, but I wrote a lot behind the scenes. So I gave a crack at it, and that's kind of the, the, long, the short and sweet version of, uh, of how I ended up where I am now. Did you take a journalism track in college? Nope. Nope. And if I did, I, I think I would have been at the New York Times or something. So I'm, I'm glad I didn't. You know, the Columbia, they have a journalism school, which is just like a waste of money. Like why everything you need to learn about this industry, you learn in the field. I mean, you know, you have a, you, you learn ethics in the field. You learn, you know, anything they're trying to teach you from a book was probably written 10 years ago and is not even relevant today anyway. So it's just, it's just not necessary. And especially in today's social media driven age and all of the, uh, digital stuff, which a professor has no clue about. They don't even know how to turn their iPhone on. Right. Yeah. You said your dad told you that when you went away to college, you were either going to become a a, a flaming liberal or you were going to become a raging conservative. Did you come from a conservative background? Was he a conservative? Uh, So they were not, like my parents were both not political at all, which I'm really fortunate to have because, you know, for a lot of black families, you have the parents, oh, we go out and we vote Democrat and that's just what we do. Um, I never had that for my parents. And, you know, I was raised in a Christian household. Uh, you know, my parents taught me about values, character, principles. Um, and then when I decided, oh, maybe I'm kind of interested in this politics thing, uh, it, it kind of just naturally translated to conservatism. Uh, so, right. yeah. and then I grew up in Southern California to add to it all. So mm. when I came out as a conservative, everyone was like, what? You can't be that. That's very evil. And I was like, I, I guess. I mean, I was given an option. What do you believe? Here are the things that you believe. And what does the other side believe? I don't identify with what the Democrats believe. So therefore, I guess I'm a Republican. Right, <laughs> man, that's that's awesome. Uh, so Southern California, I mean, you're like literally a unicorn. I mean, yep, yep. African American, Ivy League school, Ivy League school, <laughs> conservative, <laughs> working in the White House. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's uh, it's uh, I, I to me, it seems the most normal thing in the world. Like, why? I I I never understood the ideology of liberalism. I never understood its appeal. Um, I never understood the idea that you shouldn't have any agency over your own life, the idea that you shouldn't have rights, the idea that government should be in charge of what you do, the idea that government should be allowed to tell you what you can and cannot do and how you can and cannot do it. So for me, that was, those are like common sense things. So really right. liberalism never made any sense to me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, people are like, oh, how did you turn out this way? I'm like, ah, because I'm not a retard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what do you want me to say? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say, I, I'm going to slam Turner here a bit. And this oh. is just the, uh, it, like, I, it's funny because, it, I don't know, always growing up, we both, Turner and I both grew up, like, conservative. And it's one of those things where it's just like, well, why wouldn't, yeah, John, like, it seems like that's such a liberal thing to say like well you know you made it out you're you know oh. you know because you're black you're from california and all this stuff where everyone else like conservatives are the ones that look at you and you're like yeah man like you just you're you're you're, you're smart you think for yourself right. like who cares about anything else you know no, right the only reason people come out liberal is because they have been taught to be liberal literally from whether their parents or their schools or what have you but no one naturally can be taught things and they have to be taught it in a very direct way they have to be taught it like someone has to say, here's who you vote for and here's who we support. Because if you just teach um, someone common sense and, you know, normal stuff and normal history, uh, right. I just don't see how you turn out um, yeah. liberal. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, I, I, I guess I get it from the, um, 
you know, like if you're LGBT or some of that, and you know, they are saying the Republican Party wants to take away your rights. You know, that's what black people are told. Black people have been told the Republican Party wants to deprive you of your rights. But, they never tell you which rights those are. Um, right. But nevertheless, that's what they want to do. And for a while, that you know, there was this was before the uh, Supreme Court ruling on gay marriage. So I guess if you're, uh, you know, gay or if you are transgender, or if you're in that community, I can, I guess, I can see it. But that's really the only community at this point which uh, which can say, oh, this party is not uh, looking after my best interest. And that was back in 2000. Yeah. Right. Speaking of like the like the party that represents and doesn't represent and all, not the whole idea of I noticed that you on Twitter you have a lot to say about the walk away movement and the Blexit. You're kind of you're kind of speaking to that. Well, I, I was at their event. Uh, they had a big the walk away had a big event uh, just last weekend. It was their one year anniversary. And interestingly, as we had just we, we, as we literally just discussed, I, I am not walk away. I, I became conservative in like kindergarten. Um, <laughs> and so, so and so I, I, you know, so I was never a big part of the walk away movement. Here's my thing with walk away and Blexit and all of those things. It's like they get a lot. You know, people love them. And, you know, they're very popular uh, in the conservative movement right now. Uh, they also get a lot of criticism. Most of that is because of internal politics. Um you know, you don't like this personality, you don't like that personality. At the end of the day, walk away is about getting people. And, and it, 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 the reason why they're criticized is because, you know, they're not intellectually consistent. There's not a lot of intellectualism there. The <laughs> idea behind walk away is to get people to walk away from the Democrat Party. And I, for the life of me, can't see why anyone on the conservative side would, would oppose that. Um, right. So in, in its most basic uh, sense, I, I think, it, you know, they're doing a good thing. If they're trying to get people to walk away from the Democrat Party, I think that's a good thing. Uh, and, and, you know, I guess if that extends to Blexit. Do you feel like you get a lot of criticism yourself just from, you know, people that are entrenched in, like, I don't know, this is going to sound really racist coming from a white guy, but it's really not, <laughs> it's, me. it's not a racist in my heart, but like from other black people that look at you and say, what you're leaving, like, what are you doing? And do you feel like you get criticized? Yeah. I, I get criticized left and right. I mean, the black people uh, that criticize me are the worst critics. They're the most racist. They're the most angry about it. Um, and, and it's hypocritical. At the, end, at the end of the day, the history of this country, the story for black people throughout this country has been to get equal rights and to get the right to control. It. I mean, what speaks more to being able to control your destiny than for being able to think for yourself? I mean, right. that's one of the most fundamental human abilities. And the idea that if someone dares to think for themselves and it's not the way you want them to think, that you have to call them names and, and you know, disown them is ridiculous. Man, where do you see that kind of, do you see that walkaway movement really having an effect on the 2020 campaign? Uh, well, if the 2018 campaign is any indicator, then uh, we'll see. Because the, <laughs> yeah. you know, the more, black, more blacks go to Democrat than they did in, in 2016, in 2018. Mm. Um but I think, you know, electoral politics is different from culture politics. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. you know, we have to deal, I, culturally, I think they're having a huge impact. Um, I mean, I can't think of any other time where you had, you know, uh, hundreds of black conservatives in a room at a time. That was for the Young Black Leadership Summit at the White House. Mm -hmm. um, or when you had, you know, an entire movement. I mean, it's, it's, at CPAC, it used to be, I, I, I went to CPAC in 2013. It was like me and, uh, you know, one other 
black guy. And that was like, oh, we're the two, we're the two black conservatives. <laughs> um, and now, I mean, there's a ton. So, uh, you know, eventually I have to imagine that will translate into, uh, into elections, but it's not going to be as quick as people think because, um, you know, right now the overwhelming amount of blacks still absolutely vote Democrat, but we're moving the needle. I think that's important. Yeah. I was going to say it, it, it's, I, I understand it in the way, because like you had said, it's so cultural. Um, right. In the thing. And, and I have a, a gay friend who said that it was tougher in his, he had, he came from very strict uh, Asian family and they completely mm-hmm. disowned him when he came out as gay. But he said it was harder for him to come out as voting for Trump. And I know you hear this all the time, but like socially and everything like that. And I assume yeah. the same thing. That's the barrier that I, I think is going to happen with people, you know, in our age, our generation, that they're going to say, like, you know, I I love you, grandma. And like, I love you, grandpa and mom and dad. But like this, I, I, I just can't, you know, buy into it or, the, you know, the same way with right, the, right. families uh, you know, Southern Democrat families that, you know, always voted this or this or people that come up, you know, their parents are all academics and stuff like that. And they uh, come out. So it's going to be, I think, a huge battle. But it's also, um, yeah, like you said, you, you know, it's a big deal to come out um, if your family and generations are voting Democrat to say, I don't want to do that. So I think it's uh, right. And, and you have to remember, you have to remember for Democrats, everything is political. Yeah. So, you know, when, when you come out as a Republican to a Democrat family, you're basically disown, disavowing your entire life because for the left, everything comes down to politics. They can't get away without politicizing anything. So, right. I mean, so, you know, I feel like I know it probably happens more often than it does the other way. You know, Republican household, child comes out and says, I'm liberal, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that happens pretty frequently because young people tend to be liberal and, you know, now, especially because they're indoctrinated in the school, right. uh, they're liberal. So, and I feel like the natural reaction when like the conservative parent and their kid comes out as a liberal, maybe I'll get an eye roll off my daughter. You know, she has blue hair. She, uh, you know, <laughs> has ripped jeans. She's a liberal. You know, she likes Bernie. That's about it. You're, you're not going to have families <laughs> disowning their kids because they come out as liberal. They roll their eyes. They say, okay, I'll try to get you convinced in the long run. And that's about it. They, and that's because they're conservative. You know, their politics doesn't consume every single aspect oh, of their no. life. No, as a parent, they, they self-condemn. They're like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> what didn't I teach them? What is wrong? <laughs> but yeah, I was going to say, it's almost that thing like with conservatives that like, they're like, ah, they're young. Once they get a job, you know, that's <laughs> like right. one of those things that is, yeah, I as hear soon as all they're the responsible, time. right? As soon as they like get a first paycheck and they're like, whoa, they just took out 25% of all my money. Right. This isn't right. And then all of a sudden everything like comes through. The light bulbs go off. Yeah. And they experience, you know, get into the real world. Right. Um, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's so true. And, you know, they said, everyone says it, obviously, but, you know, it's like uh, you, you become a conservative once you see how much money the government takes from your taxes. I mean, that, that <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden you're a fiscal conservative. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's so funny. If you, if you mentioned to a Democrat that like what you were saying about everything is, is politics, like everything in their life, like identity is politics. Everything is politics, your skin, everything. Um, if you, it's just funny that this movement proves that, you know, that you have to create a movement that would be based on your skin color to move away from oh, poli- that just proves that they have identity yeah. politics down, you know? No, no, that's exactly right. I was actually talking about this um, at the walk away event. 
because, you know, the whole point that you know, what distinguishes conservatives uh, from liberals is that, uh, you know, conservatives do not play the identity politics game mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, and these movements, you know, if I had one criticism of these movements, it would be that they do identity politics as much as the left does. Um, however, you have to understand that when you're talking to people who have been taught identity politics for their entire lives and have, have been taught, I am my skin color, I am my sexuality, I am, you know, my economic uh, status. When you're talking to those people, you have to speak to them in their language because that's what they've been inculcated with. That's what they've been grown up with. That's what they believe. So you can't all of a sudden just come to them and ignore mm-hmm. race and ignore, uh, you know, all the other uh, identity politics, uh, you know, traits. Yeah, you gotta you gotta fight fire with fire if that's what they keep doing. Yeah. So right, and you gotta and, and the other thing is that like, you know, on the conservative side, you have so many people who are like the critics of the walkaway movement, the critics of the Blazant movement. Um, oh, you know, they're not traditional conservatives. They're not, you know. They don't. They didn't grow up reading National Review. No, you're right. They didn't grow up reading National Review. Uh, but that's where I think, on the cultural side, I had criticism, you know, intellectually, sure. But on the cultural side, that's where conservatives, I, I think, fail to actually make an impact anywhere because there's this freaking purity ideology test that everyone has to pass. Yeah. You know, on the other hand, liberals. You, I have a lot of liberal friends, and I know this. You go, you're a liberal. I'm a liberal. Cool. Let's hang out. Right. Conservatives, it's like, I, well, I'm a conservative. Really? Well, you no. Know, do you believe in a right. X, Y, and Z? You know, liberals are asking, well, wait, wait, wait. You're a liberal. Do you? What do you think about environmental, you know, uh, protection and you know, wildlife services? They, they just say, okay, you say you're liberal. Let's let's roll. Right, right. You're in the camp yeah. as long as you pull the Democrat, you know, ticket. Lever. Yeah, you're lever. Right. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they they won't even, and I think we need to do a better job of this. I mean, they won't even they won't even condemn Farrakhan. Right. <laughs> that, right. That's right. how protective of their own they are meanwhile here we are on the conservative side um you know squabbling like cats um and saying oh this person is this and this person is that and that person doesn't represent my beliefs and that person said this and that person you know isn't a true pure shut up like (laughs) we can have intellectual debates behind the scene but you know we're not going to ever be a movement uh, if that's the case so you know i uh you know i have my own beliefs they're very strong and they definitely you know uh don't always match up with some of my conservative counterparts. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you, you put aside certain differences, you know, actually make an impact. So that's what I think the walk away and uh, the movement are doing a good job at. Yeah. I was going to say, it, it, it's kind of interesting uh, when you were saying that it, it, it's, uh, so I was going to kind of parlay that into a question about, uh, you know, the future of, uh, well, anyway, I'll, I'll say what I was going to say, but I'll say this first <laughs> is I, I think it's really interesting and maybe, you know, the, the, it's very easy for us to, um, I'm not going to try to, I'm trying to say stuff without the wrong names out there. Um, but yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I was going to say, yeah, like you, you get some like national review guys that are all, you know, old school, super paleo conservative. Um, and you know, I think that when we get into debates on that of, you know, uh, protectionism or, you know, are we really isolationists? You know, are we, you know, like, what do you think about Pat Buchanan or, you know, like all this stuff, it's easy for liberals who are privy to, uh, you know, the nuances that we have maybe publicly and they can look at the conservative movement because we're having these, you know, 
I would say pretty high level, you know, also important conversations about right. stuff. But yeah, it's not, we're not this anagalous, uh, wow, I totally, we're not this big blob. I totally messed that word <laughs> up. Uh, Amalgamous. Uh, so you went from like three syllables down to one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I, I, we're not. And I think we need to have those debates. I think those are extremely important debates to have. Um, Maybe in private, though. Internally. Yeah, exactly. You know, internally. We don't need to be yelling at each other. You know, pub I mean, I guess everything's public now, so it's kind of hard not to make these debates yeah, public. Right. But, you know, it, it, if the goal of a party is to, or if the goal of a, you know, group, excuse me, the goal of a group or the goal of a movement is simply to get people to leave the other side, and you're fighting that, <laughs> to me, that's right. just, uh, and then we can decide later, you know, okay, well, now that they've left the Democratic Party and come over to the party, this party, what, what does this side right. exactly look like? Yeah, let them um, let them study and decide right. them how they want to. Let them come over, all right? Yeah. Bring them over. Right, and then, exactly. <laughs> and then we'll go from there. Yeah, that's... Right. that's... Because the thing is, here's the, here's the, 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 I mean, once people switch from Democrat to Republican, they they never go back the other way. There's, no one switches from Democrat to Republican. It's like you know, uh, I was wrong about that. I'm going to switch back to uh, to Democrat. I don't think I've ever seen or heard about that happen. So you know, once we've got them, great. And you know, and then we'll have the conversations about uh, you know isolationism, protectionism. I mean, even the, the you know economics and, and free trade mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. Um, I mean, they're they're important conversations. Um, yeah. You know, and and the the role of nationalism. I mean, all of those are important um, substantive debates that need to happen. Um, however, like again, just to, I mean, but if they're offering to, to get people to leave the Democrat Party, then uh, you know, I'm not going to complain. Right, yeah, yeah. and that that was kind of the the question I was going to go with. Uh, just to hear your thoughts, um, I think we talked to Cabot when we interviewed him a while ago, uh, about the. I guess this resurgence of, I guess this, this weird blob of, you know, quote unquote conservatism, uh, because Trump kind of brought this new, um, you know, kind of weird centrist, right. Conservatism. Uh, do you think that that was good or I guess, what do you see like the future down the road? Maybe we're just re going yeah, in circles I mean, again. It's Trumpism, which is you know, uh, you know, socially liberal, but at the same time, he's the most pro-life president um, right. we've ever had. Yeah, for real, um, he is. Uh, he, it, 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 he, I would not define him as a small government conservative, even though he's shrunk in government uh, a lot more than you know other conservative president or right. Republican presidents have in the past. Um, so you're right. There, there's this weird dichotomy, um, I, and what really brings. I think, I think why Trump struck such a chord is because he didn't talk about the economic issues when he was campaigning. Now he's all about the economy, mm -hmm. but no one at his rallies was screaming, you know, cut my taxes, cut my taxes. Right. Uh, right. And it's fascinating because the orthodoxy has always been that, you know, uh, you know, the tax cuts and the economy and, uh, and, you know, economic free marketism, that is what drives people to the polls. Um, and meanwhile, Republicans were not winning for a while. Mm -hmm. And certainly true conservatives weren't winning. Um, and then Trump went in and he said, you know what, we're getting strict on immigration. Uh, we are, we're, we're getting, we're defunding Planned Parenthood. At least he made that, mm -hmm. I don't remember when he made that promise. I don't remember if it was during the campaign or right after the campaign. Mm -hmm. um, but he just went straight for the, the hotbed cultural issues. And, uh, and I think that, that that definitely struck a chord with people. He, you know, China's screwing us over. Um, 
you know, whether or not you agree with the solution, you have to admit that, um, that, you know, that, that our relationship with China is not excellent. We're, we're not winning in the war uh, against China right now. Not mm-hmm. physical war, obviously, but. Yeah. Uh, and I think so many Americans are not, um, they don't come to conservatism from a point of like, uh, you know, they, they're, they're not reading uh, Milton Friedman. And, you know, you know right. some are, intellectuals are, but, you know, the, that's, that's not the vast majority of America. You know, the vast majority of America wants to make sure that their families and the people that they care about and their communities um, are safe and, and remain largely the same as, you know, they built them. So, you know, you have someone vowing that they're going to stop the complete change of the, the country. I mean, if you leave these borders open, you basically have a completely different country in, you know, a matter of years. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, demographically, politically, culturally. Um, so it's a very important issue to people when they see their communities. I mean, you look at... Uh, uh, Minnesota and the communities are literally changing because they're putting refugees into the right. communities. Yeah. And the people had no say in it whatsoever. I, and that's insane. I had a conversation with someone today and uh, they were, we were talking about Ilian Umar, Omar and uh, he literally said to me, well, how did she get elected? And I said, well, she's from Minnesota and they have one of the largest populations of immigrant Muslims communities. Well, Somali. In the nation. Right. Yeah. And I said, uh, you know, I said, they, that's what happened. I said, I think they have a plan to have probably 20 to 30 Muslim Congress people in the next, you know, 10, 15 years. I think care came out and said that. Oh really? Yeah. I remember hearing some speech from some guy that he said, you know, we have three or four right now, um, you know, of our people in there. Right. And our people, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And and similarly, I heard there was, was NPR, I think it was a guy on NPR. Remember when NPR used to do that thing with La Raza? Yeah. Um, and they had the guy on there saying, you know, okay, great. We got the sanctuary cities. Um, and now we need to get people in all the other places that aren't, you know, liberal. Because what good does it have, does it do us to have all of these people in places where they're already voting Democrat? We have to right. get them in, you know, Arkansas and right. Minnesota, which they did. And uh, flood, um, flood, the, flood the red states is really right. what the goal is. That's so a, I think with Trump, just to quickly get back to you know what you had uh, originally asked, I think with Trump, it's, that is probably the biggest issue. That's why you know I cannot stress enough um, how important that is because I think that was the one issue that brought everyone together. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know nothing else matters. You know if, if we don't if you don't have that um, and you don't have America and defending you know values that you know despite the debates within the Republican Party or even despite the debates that the country used to have with the left until they went completely crazy. Mm-hmm. You won't have any of that if you if you completely lose the country to people who are literally in the most uh, literal sense not American. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, I was going to say uh, we touched on this and you've been I mean obviously it's been huge news and everyone that listens to us we're super super pro life. Uh, <laughs> I think our state our standpoint is uh, you know. You know, prior to conception, pre-conception uh, <laughs> abortion because of uh, Jeremiah one five. You know, before uh, I knit you in the womb, I knew you. So we're super, yeah. super pro-life, and I know that you're super pro-life as well. So you've been going off about the. Uh, <laughs> we, okay, Turner. Actually, I'm gonna. Oh, I pulled a clip from Blaze. If you don't mind, can I play it? Sure. This is of you, John. This is amazing. I love what you say here. Say you get raped, all right? How is aborting the baby that came about because of that terrible situation going to make it any better? An abortion, I've got news for you, does not magically undo that rape. 
You are still a rape victim, but on top of it, you've now killed your baby. So congrats, I guess. You've now taken a bad situation and made it worse. So congrats, I guess. I really, I just don't get it. I do not get the argument. <laughs> Dude, the, I, I mean, that, 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 that you know, I made the decision, to, first of all, to talk about that. Because for a while, and I talked about this later in the, in the video, um, you know, I have a lot of I have conservative, you know, associates and friends who I know on the rape and incest issue agree with me. Um, but they kind of come together and decided, okay, for political sense and, you know, for political reasons, just say you're pro-life except for in the case of rape and incest. And that will, that will, you know, steer away the left and that will just make it, that will make you not sound crazy. And that was kind of always the orthodoxy. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and, and so for me to actually come out in a video and say, you know, actually I am against abortion, even in the cases of rape and incest, uh, <laughs> Was, was bold and and I remember my producer was like, "Do you really want to do that?" And then for <laughs> me to start the video by saying, "Say you get raped," they're like, "Oh my!" <laughs> <laughs> no, that was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. I was so when I heard that, it just I got I feel the exact same way, and and it's almost like people want you to compromise on that particular issue. The first of all, the raw figures of that are absurd. Of how few people are actually impregnated through rape or incest one percent i think yeah and and then on top of that uh th they always want to compromise and it's like why why is it that you're asking me to compromise on this issue of life and death what did that baby do you know right no and and the funny thing is you know all these it exposed so many people because you have all these pro-life people who say i'm pro-life well why are you pro-life i'm pro-life because i believe every life is sacrosanct and every life has value yeah. um except for these ones you know these these uh these these ones don't matter. Okay, well then automatically you're not pro life because you're making an exception. Now, if your argument for um for being uh against abortion is because you believe that uh you know someone should be responsible for their actions and if you have sex um you know you deserve to be held accountable for. This. I love and this is the language of the left. Like you deserve to have that baby. It's like the baby's a gift. Mm -hmm. But yeah. you know they um but but there are people I've heard make the argument you know if you you should be responsible if you have sex and you get pregnant uh you know that 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 was your choice uh so that I understand because they're not coming at it from or at least they're not saying they come at it from a standpoint of you know I believe that every life has a value but the minute you say that you can't make exceptions you can't mm -hmm. say uh certain lives matter and certain lives don't then in, in that case how are you any better? Than the people who say, well, you know, I had an abortion because, uh, you know, I learned that the baby was uh, was uh, going to <laughs> have autism, or I learned the baby was going right. to be the wrong sex, and I didn't right. want a boy, or, you know. So you're no different. You're no different. It, it, to me, the uh, the means through which that life is created are completely irrelevant. Um, and and it, it's you know we we have you know we have a fellow Blaze TV, Ali Stucky, who is Greek, and she agrees with us on this, and she. She approaches it from much more of a, you know, I totally understand the terrible things that happen to you. Um, and I, you know, I, I can't imagine anything so terrible happening. I agree with that completely. Mm -hmm. But you also need someone to just say, cut the crap. Um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, cut the crap. You cannot say you're pro life and not, and, and then carve out exceptions that you, you think are expedient. So that was, uh, you know, that was, I, I said it's great. We've always deserved a saying that, you know, they agree with us. They're kind of, you know, giving the left a little too much on this, you know, it's very clear cut for me. And, you know, I thought it was very clear cut for everyone else until uh, I learned that maybe it's not. 
Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say. I remember just like looking at my timeline and seeing all these, you know, conservatives that were, you know, super, you know, evangelical Christians and, and just it was, it was just so crazy. And it, it was really interesting. I started looking through all this stuff because uh, I got into a Twitter argument with uh, <laughs> as I sometimes do about abortion. <laughs> sometimes and I was looking through all these uh, like alt right people talking about abortion because it, it again it, it's like with that thing with down syndrome i think iceland said they're they have like a goal to eliminate down syndrome in their by allowing this through abortion basically through abortion yeah. but it's you okay, market singer yeah that's right. that's right. exactly exactly it and uh all right i was gonna say i i want to read this quote so if you i i'm gonna go ahead and say it as well since you took a stand um if you are any kind of abortion or give anything you're in the same camp as adolf hitler because here's a quote in view of large families of the native population it could only suit us if girls and women there had as many abortions as possible so um that was a quote from adolf huh? from adolf hitler yeah. so uh that, i mean that uh, I, that could have been a list of right <laughs> at this point yeah exactly yeah <laughs> and well i well, yeah I, and, and, and it's it, it's really fascinating with this, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders just tweeted, uh, you know, like, having an abortion is a constitutional right and we will make it. Where in the Constitution? That's fantastic. I, I, that, that... I don't think he's read it, but where is that right? I'm still waiting for someone to explain it to me. I said in a tweet, Trump needs to, at the 2020 debate, whoever's the nominee, he needs to go, he needs to take a Constitution with him, and he needs to force that Democrat to right. show him where the right to an abortion is. And then when they can't do it because it's not sitting in there, you know, ask them, do you understand why uh, there's a right to an, there's a so-called right to an abortion? Uh, you know, they'll say they'll probably say, well, you know, it's a woman's right to privacy. <laughs> Where is that right in the Constitution? Right. right. <laughs> you know, I, I, I remember in high school, you know, they thought, well, a woman has the right to an abortion because uh, she has the right to privacy. Okay, well, first of all, my problem with abortion was not that she didn't tell anybody about it. So, like, mm -hmm. I, this whole privacy thing, <laughs> yeah. I, I never understood that, and it never made any sense to me. But for whatever reason, because my teacher in high school told me, uh, you know, there's a right to privacy in the abortion, there's a right to privacy in the Constitution, therefore, um, that right to privacy gives the woman the right to it, That doesn't make any sense, and it never made any sense. But I just assumed that, okay, well, there's a right to privacy in the Constitution. It was only, like, five years ago, maybe even less, that I realized... There's not even the right to privacy in the Constitution. No, mm -mm, no. <laughs> they had to like put together a bunch of crazy, uh, you know, a puzzle basically. They made of the different amendments where they could kind of contrive this right to privacy. And you know, I heard someone say, "Well, you know, there's, a, uh, you know, you have the right to not have your house be uh, fourth, you know, fourth and, right. Yeah. You fourth Amendment right, uh, but no one's saying that the government's going to come to a house, your house because you had an abortion, like." What, what, what's the privacy issue with the, with the doctor? Yeah, I mean, you don't have to tell me. Again, my problem was not that you uh, had it in private. It's that you killed your child. That's my problem with it. <laughs> right, yeah. And you know what? If, the, <laughs> if they had, if they were like, here's how you know it's BS. Because if the Supreme Court, if the, if the narrative, my body, it's my body, my choice, that's what we're hearing, right? Why do you support abortion? Well, it's my body. I should have the right to use my body what I want. If that were the good faith argument, then the Supreme Court would have said, okay, well, that's true. Therefore, the right to an abortion is, uh, you know, 14th Amendment, right, right to property. with a woman's property, mm -hmm. her body's her property. She's right to it. They didn't do that. 
Why didn't they? Because they know it's BS, and it's scientifically inaccurate that it's not that it's scientifically inaccurate that it's her body. So they, they're not going to be able to do an amendment or a, constant, or a Supreme Court decision, excuse me, uh, because of uh, if that goes against science. So right, right. But it's just the entire thing is not built on good faith. Um, and so I think you know Trump needs to call them out on that um, because it's just at this point. They're not being honest. Uh, you know, they're they're trying. The numbers show that they're not even. Right. They're not even winning. The, so every, Trump will do himself favors by calling them out on his BS. Yeah. Every argument that they have scientifically, it's they've proven it's alive. It's alive. You know, we and these heartbeat bills that are coming coming forth are amazing. Uh, you know, I know there's some people that wish it would go further. You know, sooner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm. I'll take. I'll take the heartbeat. Though, yeah. Right? <laughs> well, we're saying what six to eight weeks is the heartbeat. Right. So most people don't even know they're pregnant at that point. So <laughs> by the time they find out they're pregnant, there's already a heartbeat. So that's the great news right. about that. Uh, what do you think about these things? Like I read something about California banning travel to Alabama or something like that because of this <laughs> law. <laughs> I mean, that, that is uh... a, <laughs> Good, because Alabama doesn't want them there anyway. Right. So well, it's, exactly. It's like yeah. communism, man. It's like China, like uh, That's China. Incredible. And and the idea that you know Mississippi, that that federal judge just overturned uh, Mississippi's heartbeat bill. Mm-hmm. There's something fundamentally wrong with the system. You know, I, 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 the courts are not my expertise, but you have to imagine there's something wrong with the system when you can have the will of the people in Mississippi and these other states come to a decision on something and then have one dude say, Oh, nope, I don't like it. Like yeah. that's a problem. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, that's just the will of the people are just thrown out the window. Um, and so the courts are a huge other problem with these abortion debates. Mm-hmm. But you know, again, we're, we're, we're winning the fight. I mean, the numbers show that the majority of people are, uh, I think the majority actually call themselves pro-life. I think it's a slim majority, but still the most Americans call themselves pro-life. Um, there was a poll a couple months ago, um, that show that most Americans supported abortion bans after after the first trimester, and then I think the number is like eighty four percent of people are against abortion in the uh, you know late trimester abortion third trimester, hmm. um, and it, it, it's just incredible to me that you have the left running this narrative, and you would think that you know most of the people in this country were barbarians and for killing their kids, and it's just not the case. Yeah, and I was going to say I, I think it's another issue with. Uh the media and the the thing and i know it's so easy of a uh thing to to point out and say on you know working in the media is to point at the vast majority of the leaders because i don't think there's any uh, especially how many how many do we have like 23 <laughs> democrats running uh or i think it might be 24 but yeah yeah and it's, it's- and all of them just keep trying to like out crazy the next one in terms of oh I'm the most radical and but I don't think any of those uh, and this is this sucks and I hate to say it but I think Biden is probably the most uh, <laughs> pro life ish I haven't heard any super outlandish statements from him um, right I, I mean he has the tra- I, I I believe he has the Probably the traditional view, uh, which used to be the Democrat view, which was, you know, safe, legal, rare abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not a la carte abortion and it empowers women. <laughs> and that, that's right. a new thing, which is not going to sit with, um, you know, it's grotesque. It, it's grotesque. And, you know, I, having grown up in Southern California, um, 
you know, I, I know my fair share of liberals, and uh, and I know that 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 is not going to stick with them. Um, you know, it, it, it's just not a it's not a humane way to look at the issue. It, yeah. You know, they're all about humanity, and you want to talk about humane. Um, third term abortions, bro. I, that's that, that is yeah. there's nothing humane about that i mean that that's when you know kids are coming up to you and trying to feel the baby kick and mm-hmm. you know you can you, the baby's a name you know that, yeah. that 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 is not just part of her body and they know that that's why people when they come up to a pregnant woman and see that she's clearly pregnant don't ask you know how's your stomach doing <laughs> right yeah. right yeah i think biden would and, probably and, be and, like the guy that would he would flip-flop anyways if he saw that the poll right. numbers would would go in his favor he would probably yeah 100%. edge edge whichever way is going to give him the advantage yeah was, biden yeah. If, if, yeah. if he read that the majority of democrats are actually uh, uh raisingly pro-life biden would say i'm pro-life i mean biden he's right. just all over the map he's your typical he's a politician that we you know knew before these radical elections came in you know he'll say anything mm-hmm. becomes more conservative before elections because he has to get you know he has to win um you know that's that's biden's old school democrat Yep. Yeah. So I was going to say, uh, we to completely go off the rails a little bit <laughs> and d- get off into anything. Uh, you have been, and we've talked about this privately uh, quite a bit about the Notre Dame fires. Cause you just tweeted about it again today. At, yeah, uh, it was just some guy smoking a cigarette. I don't know what, what the big deal is. Right. <laughs> just dropped yeah. it and, and burned the place down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how do we, uh, I'm not buying it. I'm. I'm are, is the investigation even still open? Do we know? Did they close it? Are they still looking into it? Uh, nothing that I've seen. I. I mean. I. And I want to say this is what it, it just blows my mind so much that I, I think it was within the week because it started. I. I, I want to say it was on like Monday or Tuesday of uh, Holy Week that it burned down, and it, it was like I don't even. Well, the the news of the the Sri Lanka. Eastern massacre, obviously, right. uh, derail, I don't want to say derail, that's not the right word, uh, changed the media, uh, reporting on it, but I, I haven't really heard anything since then. And, um, <laughs> I don't want to throw you in with like us as I'm pretty openly a conspiracy theorist, but it's, uh, it, it was, this thing is so absolutely crazy. And like you said, they haven't done any investigations and the investigations that they did were just yeah so half so half-assed they're like oh yeah you know it it was a fire so it, it, it was it an must... accident okay well what i mean what exactly happened who was there what were they doing there i mean it was supposed to be closed so um you know if they had workers there they would have surely gotten them on i mean i'm hoping they have security cameras at notre dame right you know, yeah. i tweeted about this too but you know i said there's some some dope in my dc apartment you know, just throwing like a ridiculous rager last night. Um, I mean, just like, you know, until three in the morning, um, you know, the, the, the walls are shaking. Um, and one of the uh, guests, I, I guess, um, went in the elevator and graffitied with, you know, some sharp object, the F word onto the, onto the uh, elevator door. Uh, this morning, we got an email from the management of the building saying, we have them on camera. We know who it was. We're taking action. Um, and, you know, we're doing everything we can to make sure this can happen again. That's in my D.C. apartment building. Right. All right. So you're telling me that, <laughs> that one of the greatest monuments in human history right. has oh. worse security than my damn apartment building? <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't know. Uh. They, they, who, 
who went in? Who who went in? Who came out? You know, who was where? I'm sure that thing is armed with cameras. Um, and then, of course, this is not this is obvious that you know it follows a trend of arson attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. It, 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 it's just that's not even that's not even close to conspiracy. That's just the fact. Fact. Yeah. Um. I I, I remember I went on. Um, you remember the guy went on Fox News and he was like, well, I just want to say that, uh, you know, this happened. You have to, you have to know that there has been a trend of, of, of arson in, in, in churches here in France. And Shep Smith was like, no, we're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. If there's something, you know, we're happy to hear that. But, and I'm like, that's something he knows. Right. How is that not relevant? Right. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I was going to say, I think at that point they had said that there was 938 church burnings. Like in the past uh, yeah, I, that year, right to me. it was absolutely insane. Like, I mean, there's churches being burnt and I don't want to say uh, in the sense I, I immediately lost it on Twitter when that happened because <laughs> I was seeing all this stuff. And I, I won't throw you into this. So I'll just say it for myself is I looked at it and I was like, okay, you have a mass immigration into France of a particular religion mm-hmm. that hates christianity and you see all these sporadic church burnings and among all this other stuff happening i can't see that during the holiest week of all of christianity the um, easter worshipers coming together easter worshipers (laughs) coming together that it's some mere coincidence that notre dame uh catches on fire like i just can't see that as a coincidence in a spectacular fashion i mean that that was what you know this this building survived Mm-hmm. Almost a thousand years. I mean, it, yeah. it outlived yeah. World War One, World War Two, Napoleon, uh, the Napoleonic Wars. I mean, <laughs> the idea that it lasted all of those years, and then you know, some dope, you know, accidentally left a cigarette cell butt. phone and yeah. you know lit a match or whatever they want to say, just doesn't pass the smell test. And, and everyone knows it too. Everyone, you can't see that 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 site that people just tumbling down. Yeah, and think, oops, that was an accident. It's just not. I'm not. It's not realistic. Yeah, and I was going to say this interesting thing. I remember reading is Hitler, even though he was doing all the bombing campaigns and all that stuff. We're not bombing Paris. We're not bombing. No, yeah, he specifically would not attack it. Hmm. And so, I mean, that's this thing. I mean, that's his. For whatever the the revisionist his you know history wants to paint him as some sort of christian or something like that that's is straight right. up an atheist worldview that he has you know with that stuff uh that i can't imagine that atheists nowadays are more militant than adolf hitler and right. you know like in attacking choosing things to attack so I, at least for me it still begs a question of who's willing to actually burn down that and who would be right. super excited if it happened to burn down. And it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't have to, it's not, it doesn't have to be ISIS, you know, they're like, well, right. ISIS would have taken credit yeah. for it. Well, ISIS is like, not enough people died. No one died. We're not taking credit for that. Right. But right. It could have just been your average Muslim. I mean, that the, the anti-Christian sentiments um, in the Muslim communities are such that, that you don't have to be ISIS to do that now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, if you look at the religion itself um, and you talk to some of its adherents, I mean, that's, it's, it is a, it's a radical religion and yeah. because and it, it, they haven't gone through a reformation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even the non-extremists, uh, you know, they support a lot of the things the extremists do. Um, they wouldn't fly a plane into, into the World Trade Towers, but um, 
are they upset about it? Mm, not really. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the numbers show that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, they, they pulled an ass and, and, and the numbers are just, they'll send chills down your spine. Yeah. Cause they say there's over a billion people that are Islamic. And if, if even just a small percentage, you know, 2%, 3% are radical. The figures right. of that out, you know, in a billion is ridiculous. Well, it's not radical. It's just adhering to what the actual here, religion yeah. says. I know. We've had, I've, I've read from the Quran here on the podcast before, just literally, you know, what it says in reference to right. infidels and to those of us that do not, that are not Islamic. And, you know, death is the only right. option, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And people read the Bible and they point to this. Well, you know, uh, you know, look at this, this is in the Bible. Uh, well, first of all, I mean, there was a New Testament. Uh, and then for centuries, I mean, Christianity went through centuries and centuries of, of reformation and, mm-hmm. and, and changes. And, and the idea that, I mean, you see that Islam has pretty much remained the same mm-hmm. uh, since the very beginning. Be- beginning. I mean, Christianity has gone through changes for better or for worse. But, um, I mean, there, there's a reason why uh, you don't have uh, Christians committing these, these, these acts. You, know, they, uh, you keep on hearing Obama. And uh, I feel like it was someone else recently, Booty Judge, said, you know, Christianity is just as bad. What Christians are committing mass terror attacks on a regular basis? Mm-hmm. Right. Where, where are those Christians? The white nationalist attacks, uh, maybe, I can't remember, maybe they were nominally Christian, but, you know, there was nothing of the sort of, you know, this is my God-given right um, to, to do this. If anything, I think the, uh, the New Zealand shooter, his manifesto talked about, um, you know, Yes, I know this is not the word of God, but you know I see this as my duty to preserve the race. So he's actively going against God for right. some deranged bigger picture. But these right. are not religiously oriented attacks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nobody would look at the New Zealand guy and say, "Oh yeah, he he would fit perfectly in my church." <laughs> well, yeah. Right. It, yeah, he's exemplifying the life of Christ, which is exactly what uh, you know we're called to be as Christians is to. Right. Try to well, look, man. For... This is, that's nothing new. I mean, when they burnt down, supposedly when they burnt down the 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 uh, in Rome, you know, back in you know what was it? Uh, gosh, Carthage. I think mm-hmm. it was the Library of Carthage. They blamed it on the Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, when it right. burned down, and so any way that Nero could get in there and start, you know, persecuting. Yeah, I was gonna say. Right. Uh, just as a side note, there's been this really interesting thing that it absolutely blew my mind since we're on the talking about the the religion of the prophet who most likely had syphilis and was a dwarf and was super ugly and is a pedophile. Um, wow. just, the question wow. is how pretty was his nine-year-old wife? That's, that's a real <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she had to be... <laughs> I mean, wow. if, he waited, wow. Nine, wow. if he waited two or three years, uh, <laughs> oh. you know, he... Yeah, uh, <laughs> is he really going to kill you? I mean, you're... you're probably can negotiate a longer life just so you can wait a little bit. Uh, right. Yeah, but I was going to say, this absolutely blew my mind, and it was really scary that uh, I just read this stat when I was I got, got into this rabbit hole. There is <laughs> between, and, and these are, again, people that are flooding, you know, if it's manufactured or not, you know, up in, you know, these Somali immigrants, that community that elected Ilhan Omar, the FBI came out and said that is little a... Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Said was this is a hotbed that we are closely watching that's breeding a breeding ground mm-hmm. for uh lone wolf attacks and everything. There is a real incident. I've read this stat, it blew my mind. There's between twenty five there's about twenty five cases a year of honor killings in America. Yeah, I heard that too recently. Yeah, I I remember something like that. Yeah. Which is just I mean 
where is the media? Exactly. On that? Yeah, they can't. And, they, they won't. Politically correct, man. It's just a plague. But it's just at what cost? Like, I, I understand, you know, they don't want to report on the, um, you know, on the teenager who goes to buy a new pair of van kicks and, uh, and you know, gets harassed by the storm employee. Like, I get, okay, CNN, they're not going to cover that. And right. I, I get it. Like, you know, you guys are liberals, obviously. Um, it doesn't fit your political agenda, and that's fine. But <laughs> when you have 25 lives being taken um, in honor killing, at what point do you say, okay, we're going to, we're going to put our politics aside and cover this because this is not, this is not okay. I mean, I mean that's probably as far as they go. They probably wouldn't condemn it for what it is. Right. But you can get on there and say, okay, this is bad. To not cover it at all is just, um, it's chilling because it just shows that um, their agenda is so important to them that they're willing to, to watch innocent people die. Yeah, um, and not to mention the you know what what that means for the future of our country. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was but gonna, they're gonna they're just gonna watch it happen. They're gonna watch it happen because they have a political agenda. Yeah, I was gonna say I heard it very succinctly put, and it, it just was so well. This quote I've been tweeting it a bunch of times is the people who claim uh, the people who say there is no God are now teaming up with the people who say there is no God but Allah. And it's, I heard it say, I was like, that is... I, I don't mean to laugh, it's on Cal's, but it, it, it's so spot on. Yeah, and it's this weird thing of, I heard it said as the green-red yes. co- coalition, or the red commies and the green uh, flag of, you know, the, Islam. Yeah. of Islam. Right, right, right. Just, it, it just is so mind-blowing, man. I, I don't get it. it. It doesn't make sense. Like, it, the funniest thing is, if we're going to go to identity politics, is... These liberal people, you know, Don Lemon or all these people on CNN that are saying, oh, no, no, they're okay. Those are the first people that are going to be killed right. if the caliphate comes. That's right. Know? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, right. you're not safe just because you said, hey, like, I'm not going to condemn right. you. <laughs> like, right. they're going right. to kill you. You're, you're useful you're gonna, for their end. Submit to a law, and if you don't, you know, you're, you're dead. Um, yeah. Well, I think it goes... Not to mention, that, I mean, the... the they're not exactly progressive when it comes to social issues. Right. <laughs> you know, feminism isn't gonna isn't gonna fly, and certainly not um, gay marriage. I mean, that's that's just not going to. Right. It's not gonna fly with them. You know, what what we, you see with that religion? I mean, they're serious. They want to establish a caliphate. They're not. They're in like serious 17th century mode, or at least where Western civilization was in 17th century, where you had you know, uh, you know, uh, you had Spain and and. Uh, Austria attacking France, attacking Ferdinand because uh, he established certain religion. That's what you exactly you see in, in the Middle East. It's, you know, you have religions, but you know they're also tied, as they were in Europe, to uh, to certain city states. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see them trying to leverage their power using religion and their national identity to, to get power. And they're trying to set up satellites all around the world. It, it's very um, the rest of the world already did this game. We already we already had to <laughs> right. fight. Uh, we're past it. They need to get past it too. But you have people here in America that are aiding them. Um, yeah, yeah, well, and and helping them do I, it. I think one of the things that you mentioned earlier, earlier at the beginning of the podcast, was that you had talked about how everything's political uh, for the left. And so when it comes down to this, that they they won't even like you said. You I think you said they won't even condemn Farrakhan, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this right. this no, they sit with him at the funeral. Yeah, this yeah. fits into that exact. You're like, why? 
like how much is it going to take for them to you know to say something well obviously they won't because they know that they've got them in the voting booth and that's what their ultimate goal is and and yeah, there it, it will be too late it, absolutely um, yeah it will be too late before they realize oh wait you know um i've been used right uh and it's just it's it's really scary i think that's why you know when it comes down to um you know when it comes down to the cultural fights um you know i've kind of i, I was i was very libertarian uh i, I worked for fossil at fox Mm-hmm. Um, and I still have a lot of libertarian leanings, but when it comes to these big kind of national identity and social issues, I know you, you just had Cabot on, um, and I, I like Cabot and Cabot and I go back and forth. Um, I disagree with him in tr- like he loves to focus on markets and all that, which I think is important. Um, but when it comes to like the social media stuff, for instance, yeah, please. um, you know, Cabot is one of the people, uh, who is out there saying, you know, it's free, they're a private company, they can do whatever they want. Um, and we can't do anything about it. And while probably two years ago, I agreed with him. Now I'm at the point where it's like, if we don't, if we lose this fight on any of the uh, fronts, we are, I mean, we, we are really screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the idea that speech, uh, that, that we're, we're not going to be able to get our voices out there, um, and make these arguments and actually use every tool that we can to actually fight to save our civilization, which is literally what it is at this point, Yeah, um, we're going to lose. So, I, you know, I think at a certain point, these battles are fought online. I mean, w- you see what happens on Twitter mm-hmm. um, yeah. and how much of the conversation is moved forward on Twitter. Um, and, and so to say that, and, and, and that's where a lot of people have their most effective weapons. Uh, and, and if we're fighting, you know, at least a cultural war, I'll put it that way, it's certainly not, uh, it might be a cold civil war, but we're fighting a cultural <laughs> war. You know, to say, to just openly give up our weapons and say, oh, you can take them. Yeah, we, we, we already, we don't agree with, uh, with too much government. So here, government, uh, you know, we're going to leave government out of it. And we're going to let private companies confiscate our weapons from us. That's mm-hmm. uh, not, it's not a smart, not a smart strategy. Mm-hmm. Doesn't end well for yeah. us. It certainly doesn't end well for the people who are, you know, free market or die um, in the end because they're next. Dude, that's, I love what you just said. That's amazing let the free market take away our weapons that is amazing i love that yeah i i did cringe when i thought about like (laughs) like yahoo coming up like knocking on my door saying like hey uh we got uh we we've been reading your uh bank records or whatever we know you got a bunch of guns or you know whatever and we're we want to take those from you because that's scary to us right well at a certain you know i think it was city bank i don't want to smear a bank so i'll put a big caveat um one of the big banks, though, uh, denied uh, an account to a member of the Proud Boys. Mm-hmm. Said, we don't agree with you, um, therefore you cannot bank with us. It's like, when you, who, what, what if no one else is you know, allowing him to do business with them for you know, one reason or another? The, the point is, these banks are huge. These social media platforms are huge. Yep. And throughout the country's history, you know, even um, you know, true believers in the free market did believe that at a certain point a company gets too big and regulation is needed. Uh, you know, the, the debate is what point that is. But when you, you know, if someone, if my energy company were to say, oh, we're going to not deny you service, that's the only energy company that does my building. So right. I can't, I can't go down the street. You know, the argument, well, if the, you know, if baker doesn't want to bake you a cake, you just go to the next baker. Right. Yeah. When there's a lot of people, that's the free market. But when you have these monopolies, you can't, 
you, you can't have them denying people service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't have Facebook. You can have Twitter where Donald Trump literally makes national security announcements. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the president makes national security announcements on Twitter. Um, you know, all of these campaigns are largely being, you know, run on Twitter and Facebook. The idea that you can't access it, like Laura Loomer can't see what her president is saying. Mm-hmm. That's insane. That's, yeah. that's insane. And, and not, it's not just the president. I mean, brands, uh, you know, political uh, organizations. I mean, they all use these platforms to help yeah. mobilize people. So, uh, you know, to callously say, okay, well, you know, it's, she shouldn't have uh, broken the terms of service. It's like, okay, no, that's, uh, we, there has to be a better solution to that. Yeah, I think I think the dialogue has to start happening, and it is happening, obviously, but I think one of the things that, that we talked about when, when, we, when we had Cabot on was I think a class action lawsuit that just starts mm-hmm. to – you know, take place and and really hit them in the pocketbook is going to be the first movement that you'll start to see change. Um, remember the 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 kid with the MAGA hat from the Covington? The, yeah, the Covington kid. Yeah, I guess his lawyer is suing like MSNBC, CNN, and all these major networks for literally hundreds of millions of dollars uh, because of defamation. And uh, right, right. And I I see the same type of um, strategy could be used for some of these, you know, social networking sites as they start to censor voices that they don't. It's obvious there's bias there. I mean, you know. Like, no, they got rid of Farrakhan, right? So it's clearly. Oh, right, right. Sides. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, that, I'm, I'm my mistake. You're right. They're completely fair. <laughs> no, yeah. They, it, 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 and we know it from, we've seen their emails. We've heard mm-hmm. Jack Dorsey say, yeah. yeah, we're biased. You know, I love these, uh, you know, these goofball journalists. They run up and they're like, uh, you know, Twitter is not censoring Republicans or conservatives or, you know, right-wingers. Uh, it's all around the board. It's like, no, your CEO literally said, yes, we are. We are biased. So uh, I, I don't think you can say that anymore. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. I was going to say... And... Go ahead. Oh, uh, I was just going to say, I, I don't know. I only started using Twitter, I think, two years ago when I moved into a new job. Um, and it... Uh, it, it was it, it's so addicting now which I, I absolutely hate it and i go on hiatuses and it's amazing but i was gonna say it, it's so funny even aside from that that it, it, it's it still blows my mind when people like figure out that everything is bought like literally every all the social ne- networking sites practically every big company every network except for fox is slightly right of center like everything is against us and it, it just blows my mind. Like, I, I assumed that as fact. I don't know when. I just, I always assumed that everything was left wing. And it's so funny that people try to deny it. I'm like, that. how is this not an objective, like, fact? And again, it goes back to liberals just don't deal, they don't like facts because they're, the, the world, ha- truth has a conservative bias. You know, like, right, truth right, is right. always... I can't think of anything that it's. What, what, is, what is a big com- What's a company that's run by conservatives? Black Rifle Coffee. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. Uh, I mean that. Chick-fil-A. I mean, I mean, there are some. Right? Chick Fil A. That's, that's about it. Um, yeah. It, it, again, like you said, it's absolutely right. It's an objective. It's an objective truth. It's not an opinion. Yeah. Name a giant company that is not run by a raging liberal. I mean, you've got. You know, even Amazon, you have to deal with. Like, I, I like Amazon, and I'm just like, does it have to? Like, do I have to have this Bezos guy 
being an idiot. I mean, this is, yeah, it's just, it, it really, and I, I understand the argument of, uh, you know, if you don't like it, you go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, we're like, we're going to have what Laura Loomer, Miley Yiannopoulos, uh, John, jo, Paul Joseph Watson, um, and Farrakhan on a alternate platform, just yammering at each other. And like, <laughs> be like, what is this? This is like Twitter. Like, it's, right. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not, it's, Twitter's grown way too big. Um, and I think, you know, uh, human events had a good article about how there's an argument to be made about, uh, platform access now being a civil right. Um, and, you know, hell, what, the left playing everything with civil right? You know, would it kill us to, to play their game on that one? Yeah. Um, That's it, true, it, yeah. And, it, and it's rooted in the fact that it is speech. And, um, and you know, if a telephone company were to cut your service because they, they didn't like what you were saying, um, you know, would that be, a, would people be okay with that? That's essentially what they're doing. They don't like what people are saying over their airwaves, yeah. digital airwaves, and, and they're cutting their accounts for that. And it also has an, a, an, another problem, which is it's stifling. Forget who they're physically chopping. It's also stifling. Like every time I'm about to send a tweet, I'm like, okay, is this something that's going to get me banned? Um, right. And so it's castrating us in terms of what we can and cannot say. You know, my Twitter is like 30% of what I actually want to say. Right. Um, and, and the other 70% is like things that I'm just like, you know what? It's probably not worth getting kicked off the platform for. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say it, it's it's weird. I had uh, this weird incident when uh, when they did the shout. Uh, I don't know whatever whatever stupid abortion rally, and uh, that was the first time I ever got. I, that was a, I felt very honored because it was the first time that I ever got suspended. Because usually, usually I, I feel like I'm <laughs> such a small potato; they don't even worry about me. Uh, but I felt very honored. It was the first time I got suspended, and they started. I took these screenshots of the message that they sent me and I was like, Oh, this is uh so basically it was me just taking screenshots of the screenshot that they kept blocking and they kept blocking all the screenshots of screenshots. It was the most absurd thing. But the screenshots get that about to stay up. Well no, they were they were showing up as blocked. Yeah, but I was still suspended. <laughs> it was it was so crazy. Maybe I'll, I'll send it to you uh differently. But uh yeah, and, and I was gonna say like one of the the biggest things is I tweet at least at least once a day something about anti-abortion, and it like none of them ever go through. I'll try rewriting them and all that stuff, and uh, I just threw up my hands and I'm like, maybe one of them will get through once a week, <laughs> you know, like something mm-hmm. super pro-life. And uh, so that you, you know, speaking of social media platforms, YouTube, um, mm-hmm. you know, we uh that video that we that you played earlier um that we did my videos on youtube they probably get um you know on a great day we'll get a couple hundred thousand views mm-hmm. um on a on a bad day it will be like 20 all right the abortion video that you played is at nine thousand views wow. what nine thousand and it's like okay and i see from the comments that you know, people are engaged, and even if they don't agree, they're outraged, which usually lends itself to <laughs> uh, to views. Yeah. And uh, and then I posted about it. it you know, YouTube has a community section, so I posted about it in the community section, and I said, you know, uh, I think they're banning this video. It was, the, and I didn't put anything about abortion or pro life in the title. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was our high, most highly engaged post. Um, on that like, community YouTube page. Hmm. So clearly it's not that like my audience isn't too hot on the topic. 
Um, but there was pro-life in the title. And, and so YouTube, I ha- and I don't have proof. I, you know, you can never prove these things. But judging by the numbers from my other videos, the idea yeah. that like my audience is just, nah, this is not that good. Plus, uh, you know, it's, that video, as you played, gets you from the first sentence. So even if you're not on the same page, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're watching and you have some sort of reaction to it. So that yeah. made no sense. And then the Brian Sims video that we did, uh, same situation. We put abortion in the title, uh, and it got, I think, something around 16,000 views on YouTube, yeah. um, which again is low. And especially because those were the biggest, if it's the biggest news story in the day, mm-hmm. we can usually expect, um, you know, in the hundreds of thousands. Uh, on YouTube. Uh, and then the other indicator was that the other platforms, those videos did great. So, right. um, and, and then, and then the other thing is they were taking comments that, uh, YouTube will mark certain comments as spam. Mm-hmm. Uh, and any, I got all these spam comments and, you know, they send them to you to release them. Um, you know, they say, this is, we, we think this is spam. Do you want to release it? And I always just hit it step. I don't care if it's like, you know, someone saying, you know, let's murder these people. Uh, right, right. Well, that, I think I might draw the, I might report that, but I'll keep it up. Because, right. You know, I'm kind of a, an absolutist in that sense. You know, just let the people say what they want to say. <laughs> um, and, you know, no matter how ugly or great it is, just, you know, let them say it. It's not, words are not going to kill us unless they're threatening to kill someone. And, you know, then you can go to the police. But I think these mm-hmm. platforms, if they just took that approach, you know, uh, they would be in a much better situation. But anyway, they send you these spam comments. Um, and, comments that were being flagged for spam were just they just had pro-life in them and so clearly youtube has a flag on mm-hmm. the term yep. pro-life which is i mean really appalling when you think about it not yeah. not only are they are they suppressing the views um now i'm seeing that um there's reports of people that are literally getting they're losing followers like uh, they're just yeah, oh yeah that's that's not new that, that's been going on oh, okay yeah uh, they i get for months now um probably almost a year I've been getting comments. I was subscribed to your channel and I realized, you know, I stopped getting you in my feed. So I went to see what was up. And if you stopped doing videos and I realized I, I was just unsubscribed and that <laughs> yeah. happens on Facebook too. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it, it's a mess. Yeah. And like I said, the argument of, well, we have to, I, I, I'm partially sympathetic to that argument. We got to, you know, just stop complaining and start our own thing. Um, but it's not that easy. It, of course it's not. It's not easy to start the next YouTube or Twitter, if you can believe it or not. Um, yeah. And we are in times of, uh, you know, of a really important battle. So um, I'll probably become more like, you know, gung ho free market after after we get it sorted. Down culturally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But right now I'm in, right now I'm in a battle mode, man. I'm just like, you know what? Like, the, the, we have to take some desperate measures. Um, <laughs> and I'll, I'm planning a return to like my normal traditional conservatism in like <laughs> four or five years <laughs> yeah we'll fight <laughs> the fight now back. well i was gonna say <laughs> this is a perfect way to say that's why um obviously this podcast is not affiliated with blaze tv but that is why um i know they give out 30-day trials for free right now so that's why it's super important you know to support if you want to hear more of john you can go check him out i, I think are you sure? Do you put up the free, uh, the full show? As yeah, it is? my my whole thing is free, so like you can um, you literally access everything I do. We're gonna start putting some stuff behind the paywall for a premium content. But the way Blaze works for people who are not um, familiar is that we are a subscription service, so the majority of our content is is behind a paywall. You pay a monthly fee, which I think if you sign up for a year, comes down to eight twenty five. So eight twenty five a month. You sign up, 
Um, and you get to access all of the Blaze programming, which is <laughs> Steven Crowder, Glenn Beck, Mark Levin, and uh, and Eric Bowling. Those are the big headline names. Um, and then we've got like, I think, 25 other shows. Um, and then some of the shows are in front of the paywall. So shorter shows like mine, The White House Free, you can actually watch for free. Um, and you can do that. You know, I have a YouTube channel that you can visit. Uh, it's just you search John Miller on YouTube, and I think now I come up. Um, and I post my videos to Twitter. So all of my content is free, which is great. But just because my content is free does not mean that it will always be there because it is exactly. on platforms like Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. And so if they snap their fingers, uh, you know, I'm gone. And, you know, th that's true for a lot of people. So we have things like Blaze TV, which you can subscribe to. They can't do anything to Blaze TV unless, you know, uh, you know, the Verizon starts going nuts and starts censoring people. But for now, <laughs> you know, Blaze TV is untouchable because it is, uh, it, you know, it's not beholden to these giant Silicon Valley companies. Mm -hmm. And uh, what was I going to say? Uh, no, that was perfectly summed up. Um, oh, I was going to give a, a slide uh, to... Uh, I was going to say there's other subscription, you know, uh, you know, conservative subscription based I don't, things. I don't think it's true. There's not. Nope. Nope. None other. <laughs> well, I was going to say none. there. Well, uh, as a as a fan of conservative media, I was going to say for like what you said, 825 is pretty cheap and for all the stuff you get. Yeah. So that would uh, if you want to support John, that's, that's a, a good deal. That's a great way to you know support John. Even if his stuff is free, there's going to be a point in time where, let's be honest, he's probably going to get taken off because he's not scared to talk about <laughs> right. stuff. So, uh, you know. If... And the other and the other thing is just, uh, you know, we always say this, but it is just important to support people who share your values and your beliefs because, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's what we, we talked about earlier. The left, you know, they, they run everything. Um, and it's kind of been true for everything we've talked about. They, they are so good and we are so bad at just getting behind each other and sticking for each other and supporting each other monetarily and funding things that they believe in. Um, and conservatives are just not good at that. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's probably because we're not collectivists at heart, but right. uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, it, it, even, even if you are not, uh, I get people who say to me, oh, you know, I, I don't like this person on your network and I don't like that person. And, you know, I'm not really a fan. I love this person though. And I love that. Okay. Well, do you like every show on Netflix? No. Right, 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 yeah. You watch the shows you like, and you don't watch the shows you don't like. But more importantly, um, you know, you're supporting a movement who I guarantee you will stand next to you uh, when all the others don't. And mm -hmm. uh, and that's something that, that matters and will matter down the line uh, more than you probably realize now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, dude, thank you so much, man. I appreciate thank it, guys. You. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. And also, um, is there – this is just audio. Like, how can I post this? Um, I'll, I'll share it. Don't worry about it. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. We're going to put, we're going to put all of your, uh, social media links in the liner notes on the podcast. So anyone who's listening wants to connect with him, you can, you can, we'll have those links. <laughs> I, I, I'm there. so used to being on the, I'm so used to being on the, uh, on the hosting side. I'm like asking you guys, I'm trying to interview you guys. No, I appreciate <laughs> <it>. <laughs> well, anytime you want to have us on the white house brief, we're available. So. Well, oh, I don't have it. I don't have my face out there, so I'm, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> oh, that might that might be a good first day. Yeah, yeah, well, maybe. There you go. Into it. John, right. thanks, man. We really appreciate sure, your thanks, time. Appreciate you it. Have, you have right. an awesome day, brother. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. 
We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to know more, you can visit us on the web at alloutwar.us or you can find us on Twitter at AllOutWarCast. Hey, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.